Welcome to H&H Drop-In. Hey, welcome back to the H&H Hour. I'm Heidi Bolt. I'm one of your hosts. My co-host is my sister, Heather Taves. Hi, Heather. Hello. We have a super fun drop-in for you today. I know. It was kind of a last-minute thing, but I'm so excited about it. We like last minute. We like spontaneity and flexibility. Changing it up. Yeah. Tell us about it, Heather. Well, our family, most of our family, the big Bennett family, is in town this week visiting. We're missing a couple brothers. Super sad. A sister. And so we're really sad about that. Um, But our brother Than is in town with his family. And so we said, you're coming on. Drop in. Okay. So the fun thing about Than is the three of us have always been the big three. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the three older sibs, and so we've done a lot of life together. We've yes. done a lot of different avenues of life, ministry, all of the things, and um, we're excited to unpack what we're going to talk about Than with today. I know. So welcome to the show, Than Bennett. Thanks, guys. It's pretty fun to be here. It's the first time I've actually been in studio with you, so it's pretty awesome. Yeah, so we've interviewed you, but it was over the phone. Right. Because you're from the D.C. area, and... So welcome to the studio. Thank you. And I think it's it's especially cool that we have like 37 kids downstairs. Right? So, you know, if you hear something, it's not just my stomach growling. It's, it's our kids <laughs> downstairs. So I, I do want to say, though, right at the start, and I, I know I'm taking over the show here in a minute, but I love this platform and I love because it's not mainly about the two of you. No offense. But I know <laughs> we serve a God who is so unique, you know, 8 billion expressions of his love and his personality and his, and his fame across the universe. Um, and, uh, all of those deserve expression and mm-hmm. you guys have, uh, different guests on each time and opportunity for different people to bring their voice. So I'm happy to be one of them, but I just wanted to say the two of you, I, I love, I love this platform. Thanks, Than. Thank you. Well, and it's so cool. So you have a pretty intense commute to work <laughs> and you listen almost every single Tuesday morning and you'll message us something about the podcast mm-hmm. the week, every single week. And you've been such a voice of encouragement to us mm-hmm. as well and given us good feedback and um, insight. So thanks for that. Yeah. So it's about an hour each way to work. It's mm-hmm. almost the perfect amount of time to take in. And you, like you said, on Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. I get a little upset when our chief of staff calls when I'm in the way because that means I have to finish the show then <laughs> on, on the evening. Way back. Yeah. So that, when I text you late, that's what happened. Blame him. <laughs> Those bosses. Oh, yeah. So you're pretty used to this microphone thing. This is yep. what you do every day of your life. For one hour, yep, during the noon hour. You're um, the first guest we've ever had that has not been scared to death of the microphone. Is that right? Oh, I'm pretty sure. No, this actually feels good because on our show, we have multiple cameras in the room. So mm. right now, I'm wearing dirty, sweaty shorts and <laughs> a backwards hat and, um, you know, might have stuff coming out of my nose. And it doesn't matter. There's no cameras in here. It's great. Camera. Yeah. Okay, but be honest. On your show, do you ever do like the shorts on bottom, suit coat on top? In, in the middle of my work day, so no, mm. um, but I rarely have shoes on, Yeah, if that counts. Okay, so, that counts. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I did have someone walk into the studio in the middle of the show live, and um, he will go nameless, but it was my boss, and oh. he was the host of the show, so there wasn't a whole lot you could do about it, and uh, he played it off like a champ. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah. There you go. We've had it. people walk in on our shows, too. They're just usually they're under the kids. age of eight. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Might happen today. And yeah. they're usually needing their butt wiped. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I think, I'm, I think I'm good there. Thanks. <laughs> okay. So since it's a drop-in, we only yeah. have a few minutes. Tell us about this next project that you've been working on for the last few months. Um, we're so excited about it, and I know you're really excited about it. So tell our listeners about it. 
Yeah, so it's going to be my second book. It's actually the third book I've written, but it's going to be the second that will be published. And it's rooted in the story of Habakkuk. And um, Habakkuk was a prophet uh, that, what are you laughing at? The way I say we Habakkuk? Just, no, we no. just did a whole series at church on this. Oh yeah. Actually, it's, it's kind of funny. You know, we studied the reticular activating system as, as kids and I had never heard anybody talk about Habakkuk. Then I wrote this manuscript and I've seen tons and tons of sermon series on it. And it's awesome. I think it's, it's showing that God is speaking in a specific yes. vein, but it's interesting because the story of Habakkuk has all sorts of different veins. I mean, catastrophic destruction from God that is channeled through the prophecy of Habakkuk, as well as amazing promises. So you get a huge diversity Mm -hmm. of the teaching that comes through it. But what this book is going to be about is, um, and and how it applies to our cultures, I think we look around and we see a culture that is broken, Mm -hmm. and we want to fix it. And we know our God can fix it. We think He can fix it. We expect Him to fix it. But I think one of the things that we're missing is we are the transport for the fame of God, for the fixes of God. And his fame, his power, was not um, just something that was automatically uh, bestowed on the earth. It was something that he wanted to do in relationship with us. And if we stay on the sidelines, if we don't step into the culture Mm -hmm. and provide the solutions for the culture, then his fame stays on the horizon. So um, I I can tell you the backstory of Habakkuk in just a minute, but um, I I have a heartbeat that we would quit being people that just are another person in the line that can point out the problem. Yes. We can identify the problem, and so we're, we're going to add to the list of people who are pointing out problems. The heartbeat of this book is that we would finally step to the, into the line of service and be the ones that carry a solution into the culture. So that's the thrust. I don't know if you want me to give you the backdrop of Habakkuk. Yeah, or? go for it. Okay, so Habakkuk was this prophet that a lot of people hadn't heard about, right? And a lot right. of people don't know who Habakkuk is. And we think of Habakkuk as, uh, or we think of prophets as people who uh, talk for God, right? Mm-hmm. Pro- prophesy the future or speak God's voice. Habakkuk was a man who saw a broken culture. He saw injustice winning over justice. He saw evil triumphing over good. Uh, and he saw a, a God who was absent. Mm-hmm. And so rather than being reverent, rather than being silent and pious and uh, you know being a, this prayerful figure, Habakkuk confronted God about it. He yes. said, God, why are you gone? Yeah. Why are you missing? Why are you not here? Come and save us. We need you. Yeah. Um, but it, it was... It, God said a couple of things to Habakkuk that really stopped me in my tracks and, and wanted me to, to, to write this book. First of all, he, he told Habakkuk, I'm going to do something in your day that you could not even imagine. Yeah. And you guys, that is what we need today. Yeah. But then what God said to Habakkuk is, I'm waiting on you. Mm-hmm. I've been here. My fame is on the horizon. Mm-hmm. It's smoldering. It's ready to run through the land, but it needs transport. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that God said to Habakkuk is that there was going to be a pretty big time of destruction. In the meantime, there were going to be consequences. There was going to be devastation. But he was calling Habakkuk to step forward and carry the fame of God even before it had arrived. Yeah. And so the message of this book is built around this proclamation that is just amazing that Habakkuk speaks in Habakkuk 3.2. And again, it's in the face of God saying, I'm going to raise up the Babylonians to destroy your people. Mm-hmm but I'm going to be on the other side of it. Yeah. And Habakkuk, in the face of that message, says this: the, the, the core verse that this book is built on. He says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I know of your mighty deeds, Lord. And then he says this, repeat them 
in our day. Yes. In our time, make them known in wrath. Remember mercy. So this is a call for all followers of Jesus to call his fame into our day and time and to ask him to repeat those mighty works of old. But it's not one that we sit on the sidelines for. It's one that we step up into our line of duty and be ready to carry that fame. Mm. So good. Don't you think there's such a focus on fame for ourselves yep. in this society today. And mm-hmm. it's all about how do I get famous? How do mm-hmm. I get more likes? How do I get noticed? Mm-hmm. It, even for Christians, mm-hmm. I would say like I've walked down that path mm-hmm. of destruction before where I've made it about me. Mm-hmm. And that's the opposite of it, what this is, of what mm-hmm. you're saying, this message is. It is the opposite, but you know why you feel that? And I feel very strongly about this. I didn't feel this before I started doing the research for this book. It's because you were made for fame. You were made to be a vessel for the fame of God. So we all have that desire in our heart and we're trying to fill it. But the only fame we see around us, Mm -hmm. the only notoriety that we see that is to be built is the one that people tell us that we need to acquire unto ourselves. We were meant to be vessels of fame. We were Mm -hmm. meant to be filled up with fame. It's just not ours. Mm -hmm. So look, there's, there's two sides to this coin. We've got to unlearn the only fame that we know. Because if we acquire notoriety unto ourselves for a purpose of amplifying ourselves, we run the risk of of tripping the warning that Paul gave us that teachers have more accountability than anybody else. You don't want more accountability and responsibility unless it's for a task that God has given you. Mm -hmm. So you better unlearn that fame real quick. Because if you pursue that fame, all it's going to do is trip you up. But it doesn't mean casting aside that core characteristic that God put in you, Heather. Hmm, that's good. You were made for fame. Hmm. You were supposed to channel it. And that's how that's that's where God's fame resides. If it's not in you, it's nowhere. Yeah. It's absent. And we have this the situation that Habakkuk faced where he saw that God wasn't present. And it wasn't that God wasn't want, didn't want to be there. It was that the people of the land weren't willing to acquire it. So um the opening line of or the opening sentence of chapter one is a quote from Madonna the most famous woman in the world of the planet. And she said, I want to be, I want to be famous like God. Mm-hmm. And I would just submit to you that that desire to be, to, to at least be a vessel of fame was God given. Mm-hmm. Yes. She was mischanneling it like so many of us do. Yeah. We got to make sure we don't cast aside that characteristic. We just have to learn the proper form of fame. I'm, I'm blown away right now because yeah. I have never, ever heard anyone say it that way before i think it's that it's such a perspective shift Mm -hmm. and it's really life altering it is if you can grasp that yes it i think it will be life altering for me because i've always seen this as a negative feeling Mm -hmm. like something you had to get rid of like work out of yourself worldly yeah or not from god yeah that's incredible than yeah it honestly it was a direction i didn't really expect it to go either i mean um, I, I was fascinated by this story of Habakkuk and how he called, called God's fame. In. And, you know, there's this interesting concept I get into the book a little bit about how fame requires an audience, right? I mean, mm-hmm. famous is, it, it, if you're famous, it means that people are looking at you and that there's an audience. And you guys, that was why God created us. That's right. Mm-hmm. He, could, he had everything. I mean, everything was in the palm of his hand, but he wanted relationship. And frankly, that's why there's struggle too, because he wanted an audience by which he could show off his power. Mm-hmm. It was that core of relationship, that core of intimacy um, that, that created his desire or that, that, that birthed his desire to create us. 
But if we're not amplifying his fame, if we're not giving our lives for that purpose, Mm -hmm. then we're not fulfilling the core purpose for which he created us. So um, I, I really don't, I really think if we don't grasp this concept, being eager for fame, being willing to possess fame and, and knowing what accurate fame is, there's no way we can fill his purpose on this life. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of good things. We yeah. teach a lot of sound doctrine. We can serve a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But if it's all for some other purpose, even a noble purpose, mm-hmm. even a purpose of easing suffering in this world, if his name's not glorified mm-hmm. through it, come on, there's just not a not whole a lot of eternal purpose there. Yeah. yeah. So. Wow. Wow. Okay. When can we expect this book? To hit the shelves? Uh, probably next spring is okay. the target publication date. Um, you know, we're in that uh, that messy but fun stage right now. Actually, as we record it, I'm submitting the final manuscript tomorrow. So by the time this airs, it will be uh, submitted. Of course, there's an editing process there. Can't even tell you exactly what the title is yet. Yeah. Um, yes. The working title is Fame. Okay. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of things that go into this consideration. Sure. So if you look up Fame, even when this book is out, you probably wouldn't land on it. Yeah. I'm not that famous. Um, so um, not, I don't know exactly what it'll be, but it'll be in that vein. You're not quite to the one name level of fame yet, like Oprah fan. or Beyonce yeah, or no. fan. fan. I got I to gotta be honest. It, it, that better be a plan of God if it's ever going to happen because yeah, that, that does not sound good to me. No. Okay. And But this is what I love about God. You know this has got to be a God idea because the fan Bennett I know would never oh, yeah. seek out the limelight and yeah. be like, hey... I'm going to write a book about fame. It took 15 years. It yeah. took 15 years before the first one. I love to write, and, and I felt like God was calling me to write. Um, but this component of it, not the writing, but the, the promoting of it, was something that I didn't um, really desire to do. So it took 15 years to write the first word. That was just over four years ago, you guys. Yeah. April 19th, 2015. Yeah. Three manuscripts, and now two published books later. Yeah. Uh, here we are. But look, I would rather be uncomfortable and pushed and channeling the fame of God than comfortable Mm -hmm. and on the sidelines while God's fame is still on the horizon. Yeah, absolutely. So, and by the way, and I know we're probably about out of time here, but it's coming. I mean, Mm -hmm. Habakkuk called for God's fame to show up in his day and his time. And that's what I want to do. I want to be a participant in it, but honestly, that is a distant, distant second. Yeah. What I want is to be in a proper place and other people in a proper place, unified in a message enough where God's name is glorified. That's right. Um, We we started this conversation talking about the different platforms. Mm -hmm. We're never going to agree Mm -hmm. on down the line, but the the common bond of unity that we have in salvation, Mm -hmm. that ought to be enough for God's fame to spread throughout the world. Yeah. That's so good. Well, thanks for dropping by. Thanks for letting me. This is awesome. You got a great view from here. Yeah. We're super proud of you too, Than. Thanks. Really biggest fans right here. Well, I'm proud of you guys too. You guys are one of the most regular voices in my life Mm -hmm. on that commute. I love it. You guys, Hillsong United, a couple of financial shows. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So for our listeners, if you haven't heard, Than's first book is In Search of the King. You can get it on Amazon. Um, I really highly recommend it. It's a phenomenal book. You know, that's like two bucks now. Yeah, yeah right. awesome. <laughs> you know, that's the thing that I often think about his book, um, a specific part where he's talking about God. He uses an analogy, but God walking alongside of you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. being there right beside you. Mm-hmm. And um, he talks about how we, he didn't recognize that it was God, yeah. you know, right in that moment. But it, I think about that a lot mm-hmm. in my own life. It's very empowering. And I think, yeah, I think it's a book everyone should definitely read. Absolutely. So thanks for dropping by with us, and we will... 
Catch you next time.